Welcome to Order in the Bedroom with me, Stephen Bailey. And me, Richard Taylor. So we're recording this one on Boxing Day, so we're feeling a bit fat, a bit lethargic, but still ready to take on the criminal world, the dark world, the black market, right? That's it. I mean, I may have had one too many gins yesterday, but I'm still raring to go to talk about... This is a particularly interesting case and quite apt, actually, for the time that we're in and what has recently happened to me with a Christmas present. Can we just say, for the benefit of the tape, Rich feels like he's trying to do a voiceover audition today with his intonation, like, raring to go. Why are you putting such emphasis on certain words? I think I'm compensating for maybe a slight hangover. Yeah, you're definitely hungover. You embarrassed yourself in front of my family. I think it's shame-based, and I think maybe you should be up in court today. I didn't embarrass myself in front of your family. I cooked Christmas dinner. Is that your defence? Yes, and I'm sticking to it. So because you cook Christmas dinner, you think, this is what you always do. I'd love to hear off other people that are in relationships, but does your partner ever do something where it's like, because they do one nice thing, they think they can do six bumbling fool things? I mean... I'll let the viewers decide on that. But yeah, I, I thought I did a good job. <laughs> I love that you think we have viewers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just me and you, isn't it, really? And they'd be listeners because there's nothing to view. Oh, true. Yeah, I can tell I'm hungover. <laughs> this is going to be a long one. A long, short one because I can feel myself getting bored after about 15 minutes of your, well, quite frankly, your hangover breath. Okay, well, you know, let's get cracking then so um, I can go and get myself some paracetamol and um, we can go for a Boxing Day walk. Um, so, the... <laughs> Rich just hates being in trouble, okay? He hates being in trouble. He, ha- I mean, he's not in trouble. I think it's hilarious, but he hates being wrong and he hates the fact that when he drinks too much gin, he snores too much and it keeps me up and then I'm a bitch the next day. I mean, you know... All couples have their issues. All couples have their problems. I think we're veering into some sort of agony aunts couples therapy here. But when we should be talking about this very important case, Stephen, I'm going to bring it back to the case we're talking about today. We're only two minutes in. They want to get to know us. They want to get to know us a little bit more to see if they trust us. I don't know if anyone else has noticed during the listening of this podcast. I think we're episode four now. We're, oh, God, it's so far in. It's a commitment is Rich says, I mean, before he, th- he while he's thinking about something. So you'll go, I mean, what I'm saying is, is that some sort of, like, hold off? Is that what lawyers do to hold off? Is you say, I mean, like, you beat around the bush while you're thinking of your point. That is probably a very accurate um, description of the matter. Yeah, I think that probably is true. Even that, you really thought about every word. I mean, that is very, a very, what did you say? A very, well, you really thought it through. I'm a very considered person. I'm just very considered. Well, we should consider talking into the mic. (laughs) Shall we, shall we start? I wish you would. Let's go. Okay. So the case that we're talking about today is one of the seminal cases in law in the law of contract and it's um it's one that law students will learn in one of their first um law school lectures um about how contracts are formed 
and um, how advertisements, if you're advertising to the general public at large, um, you can't really treat customers with contempt. Um, it's called uh, Carlyle and the Carbolic Smokeball Company. What? Well, exactly. It's Mrs. Carlyle and the defendants in the matter are the Carbolic Smokeball Company. So I'm going to paint you a picture, Stephen. We are in 1892. Similar conditions to what we find ourselves in now. There is a flu epidemic. It's not a flu. Don't say it's a flu. <laughs> People lose their shit. Okay. There is a... Um, at, the, at that time, there was a flu, flu pandemic going on. Russian flu. How long did that last? I don't know how long it lasted for, but you know... Um, Enough for enough time for them to make this kind of advertisement. What we're talking about um, with with the carbolic smoke ball. Because so far, I have no idea what we're even talking about. Are we talking about the flu? What is a carbolic smoke ball? So we are talking about flu. So really bad strain of flu was going around, killing a lot of people. I think it killed like a million people in 1892. It was Russian flu. Did they have to do a lockdown? I don't think they did actually. No, I think they. Uh, they were just told to keep their distances from from people and to use um, remedies such as a carbolic smoke ball. Now, when I was in law school and we told about this case, our lecturer wasn't very good because he he didn't explain what one was. And I was just really confused, probably like you're confused now as to what a carbolic smoke ball actually is. I'm confused about what we're even talking about today. Every other one I've been understanding like is going to be about super injunctions. It's going to be about customer rights. I don't... You've just delved right into a flu pandemic and carbolic smoke balls. I don't... What are we talking about? Well, we are talking about um, cust- companies when they advertise pr- um, promotions um, that create... That can create a contractual relationship between them and consumers essentially companies can't get away with saying or promising anything that they like uh, and then sort of renege on that when someone tries to claim the offer but isn't that what they do all the time anyway it's like a spot cream they'll say oh do this for two weeks and you won't have any spots anymore and then you do so why can't i sue spot cream companies because there is there's a difference between um, you know, if it was like toothpaste, um, oh, it's, it'll create whiter than white teeth. Mm. That's kind of advertisement, what well, they call it, uh, puffery is what they call it. That's homophobic and I want to strike it from the record, Your Honour. <laughs> so advertisers will call that a puff. Essentially. Stop saying puff. It's homophobic. We're legal now. You can't say puff anymore. Um, it's essentially uh, saying, oh, um, we sell the best coffee in the world. Like, it's just a advertising ploy. It's bigging up their own brand. Um, that is something that something you, you couldn't sue on the basis that your teeth is, gets whiter than white. You know, that's not, it's just a advertising gimmick sort of thing. So could I say we're the number one podcast in the UK today when I put this podcast out or is that, illegal i mean it just wouldn't be right and no one would 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 think that we would we were um it's just wrong as opposed to being illegal but then it's whiter than white isn't it 
Well, uh, I think it's just it's something that can easily be verified, and that's slightly different, slightly different to an advertising point. Anyway, what we're talking about is this carbolic smoke ball, and that is so when you've got a cold, or this is what they advertised it as, was um, it would be a little round um, sort of device, rubber that you would fill with um, this powder, this carbolic. Um, acid powder like a condom um not quite like a condom but like a you know ladies perfume bottles can be that those sort of like things you squirt the squirter like that sort of thing imagine that is filled with this this sort of powder and then you um with the carbolic acid you squeeze the ball and it sends a puff of that right up your nostril and then yeah. I've had a puff up my nostril before. Hey, hey, are we doing it? No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> so then the puff of carbolic acid goes up your nose, makes your nose run, and that was thought to get rid of the flu that you had. Okay. Or to prevent you getting the flu. So essentially, the advertisement was, the carbolic smoke company were like, we think our product's so good that if you use this three times a day... um you will not get flu. And we're so confident about that that um, if anyone does catch flu, having used our product, then you will get a £100 reward and we've deposited a £1,000 in the Alliance Bank to sort of back that up. That's how confident we are that if you use our product, you will not get flu. Um, so they, they that was their advertisement. That's what they did. Um, and it had testimonials from um, raft of people, from like uh, aristocrats at the time to um, clergymen who, in Victorian times, they're like your your influencers. They're the guys that are you going to be like, oh, this vicar's, you know, um, endorsed it. It must be good. So um, that was the advertisement, and it was seen by this lady, Mrs. Um, Carlyle. She brought she bought the bought it, used it as directed three times a day for nearly two months, and then you know what? She got the flu right at the end of it, having used it. Um, so she thought, well, you know what? I'll claim my reward. I will claim my hundred quid. Um, you advertised that if I used it, I wouldn't get the flu. I've used it, and now I've got it. So I want me hundred quid. Um, they ignored two letters from her, um, but actually her husband um, had trained as a solicitor um, and they wrote to them again and they denied, um, they basically denied her the hundred quid. This sounds like all, every like kind of service I deal with nowadays, like since moving into this flat, People have fucked up left, right and centre with me setting up things and then I email them and they ignore you and I get nothing for poor service. Nothing? Well, you know, what What? What sort of things have you had trouble with? Well, it's like when people, you know, promise you, you know, gas and electric and then, you know, they don't set it up. So you've got no gas and electric. I mean, they're not saying that we'll set up your gas and electric and if we don't do it by a certain date, we'll give you 100 quid. They've not promised you that, have they? No, which is so annoying because, yeah, I really hate, though, like, 
just poor customer service, which I know this isn't really about that, but it's really just handy to get off the chest, isn't it? Does it feel like a bit of a therapy session for you, Stephen? Is he like these these inner demons have been haunting you over Christmas? Well, I'd like to speak about you, but I've got to speak to you. <laughs> um, and but I do do feel like do you know like when people go same day delivery and you're still waiting for three days, then that's not same day, but that's what you've advertised. Well, yes, um, that's exactly the point, and um, we'll come on to a similar thing that experience I've had recently with getting some goods done for Christmas. We'll talk about that later. Oh, she's clutching her pearls now. Right, go on. <laughs> Where we? So um, essentially. Uh, Mrs. Carlyle sued the company to say, you promised me 100 quid um, and you haven't you haven't come up with the goods, basically. And in defence, the company came out with all sorts of arguments as to why um, the 100 quid shouldn't be given um, to Mrs. Carlyle. They were saying things like, oh... Um, the advertisement was an offer to everybody in the world and that can't be a proper contract, can it? Um, they were- Yes, they literally said to everybody in the world, that's who they reached. They said, take this. If you get the flu, we'll give you 100 quid. Therefore, that surely that's a contract. Well, that's they. They said it was. They the defendant said it wasn't. But we'll see what the judge said um, about it in a moment. Um, that's one of the things they said. They came up with that offer about it being mere puffery. Like we didn't really mean to lie. We were just. It was just a um, just a gimmick. It wasn't really to be um, taken up upon. Um, and they also said that look. Um, what else did they say? Actually. But isn't that like me saying, listen, come and see my tour show and I will promise you um, an opening act of Catherine Ryan and a closing act of Cheryl Cole and then they don't turn up and I just go, it's an act of puffery to get you there. Well, I think in your your um, show, you'd say acts may be subject to change to get out of that. But if, yeah, if you've promised someone's going to be there and they're not, I would think that you would be you'd be getting complaints from people about not having those acts on if they think they've paid to see that act and they don't turn up. But I think in something like that, you'd be saying, oh, all, act, all acts are sort of subject to change in that way. Well, I might not say it because I might want to sell more tickets. So I might just say Catherine and Cheryl will definitely be there. Then people arrive on the night and they're not there. And then what happens is if everyone laughs, you get a few applause breaks, but Catherine and Cheryl weren't there but everyone had a good time and you've got it on the CCTV that they had a good time, would I have to provide a refund? I think you probably still would Is in, in that case because you've still not offered the service that you were providing. Um, even though they might have had a good time, I think you're going to get a lot of disgruntled people um, coming after you. So what happened here then? So she took them to court? She took them to court and they were trying to get out of it, essentially saying, well... Another one of their arguments was that, oh, we didn't have a specific notice of Mrs. Carlyle that she was taking us up on the offer. Therefore, it can't be a proper contract. That can't be her job. Like, this is what annoys me about big business is when all of a sudden it's like your bloody fault. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is it got real short shrift from one of the judges. I had it once with an opticians, right, where they didn't charge me for six months for my contact lenses. Then all of a sudden realised they hadn't set up my direct debit properly. Then came to me and was like, 
you owe us all this money for the past six months. And I said, well, I've not got it. You should have been taking it at the time because it's when I used to live hand to mouth. And I was like, you should have been taking it. And they were like, um, it's not our responsibility. I went, I set up the direct debit. I've done everything like that. You said it was set up. I signed my direct debit form. It's not my fault if you've neglected to do it. And quite frankly, this is bullshit. And they said, well, don't you check your bank balance? And I was like, 19 at the time. And I was like, I'm 19. No, I fucking don't check my bank balance. or check what's going on. And it was a time, show me age, but when internet banking didn't exist, so you would have to go into branch to check all. It's not like just checking an app now. Oh, right. Okay. Going, going has it all set up? And so I was like, no, I don't. I'm 19. And in the end, I got away with it because quite frankly, I'd done my side of it. They hadn't done their side. Well, I think that's good Good for you, Stephen, in standing up for yourself. How much did they try and charge you? It was like hundreds of pounds. Well, it was like, say, £25 a month. So that's for six months, just over six months. So that's 50, 100, like 200 quid for a 19-year-old that doesn't have that. That is a lot of money to be expecting you to, to then blame you. I'm not surprised that you said no to that and good and, for you. And back in that day, was that, you know, you lived your life being like, you'd go to an ATM when you were shit-faced on your way to a kebab shop to check you had four pound in to check the kebab. You didn't check if everything had gone out. You're just like, do I have four quid till tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, basically, have I, have I got some money to buy myself a kebab? I'm not checking what's going in and out. You wouldn't. No, because nowadays, oh my God, Monzo must be a lifesaver for people to just go, yep, I've got five pound left. We're going to the kebab shop. And also, it's any time you spend anything, isn't it? It's like it tells you what you've you spent it on. I do like that. Yeah, it's my favourite. I love, I'm really good at budgeting because honestly, that put the fear of God into me that it could ever happen again. So it's like now, if I've set up a direct debit and it doesn't appear within 30 seconds of me setting it, I'm on the phone and the other end are always like, it takes three to five days to show up on your banking. And I'm like, well, listen, if in six months I've not paid you because you've not set it up, I'm not paying it. And I always say it because they record the calls. Absolutely. Set your stool out right there. Yeah. Good for you. I'm really glad that that you stuck up for yourself with that. That's a good good lesson to l- listen to, for our listeners to learn about. Yeah. Do you know what? I never did because my parents don't do it. And I think it's like a working class shame thing. It's like you don't want to look like you're just trying to get money off. I think there's a, a thing about feeling like skanky or something. But when I worked in a supermarket for six years and the things people would bring back for the most stupid reasons. Uh, and do you know when you go, even if you kept it, everybody, you've lost the quid, but people would come just to get that quid knocked off. What sort of things did they bring back? Anything, really. I saw someone once bring back, like, a fresh bunch of flowers because they bought a bunch of flowers for five. I got home and was like, I don't need this bunch of flowers anymore. Brought them back. And I just thought, for a fiver, why would you make that journey? You spent more in petrol. That's not true. <laughs> but, uh, That's how far yeah. she's driven. <laughs> Do you know where you go? Sometimes, like, the things people knock off are, like, they would hold up a whole queue. Because, say, for example, something was on the shelf at two for one, and it might be an offer that we'd neglected as the store to take off. You know, you've accidentally missed one bit of pricing. And so people get to go, did that go through as two for one? You go, oh, no, it didn't. And they would hold up the queue for the sake of two quid. I'd just give them two quid and tell them to sod off. 
but you didn't have the privilege, so you had to get like a supervisor over, then the supervisor would have to go and check. If I was a supervisor, basically, when I eventually got the supervisor code, I always just did it myself. Oh, I don't... <laughs> Can't be bothered yeah, to do my it. money, is it? <laughs> no. That's why I always hate about, you know, when you go to a shop or something like that, and they're so shitty with you, and it's like, it's not your money, is it? <laughs> no, it's like, come on, Janice, like, do us a favour. It's yeah. like, let me neck with it. Um, anyway, we have we have di- we've diverged down a down a cul-de-sac. This is an entertainment show. We can't just be you reading off your bullet points about this case, can it? They're not really going to get a law degree. So they need to lol. This well, let's get back to it anyway, and let's see what the judges said. I make it relatable. You make it pompous. <laughs> We're trying to make it relatable so people that can know what their legal rights are to these types of cases. And know what I know. Do you know every time we're in a queue now, being held up because someone's kicking off, I'm going to be like, "Is this because of us? Is this because of us? What have you done? What have we done?" <laughs> um, so essentially, the judges came back and the company failed in all of their arguments. Essentially, the whole argument about that mere puffery point about it just being an advertising gimmick, well, that failed because on the advertisement, they said, well, you've deposited that £1,000 in the Alliance Bank. You must be serious about it. Um, you can't have made, You can't have been thinking that was a gimmick. Yeah, why would you have put £1,000 in the bank with such confidence and gusto if you weren't going to be willing to pay it out? Exactly that. Exactly. And that's exactly what they said. You were, you were so sure of yourself about it um that's clear intention um that it's that it is an offer that you were looking to advertise to people couldn't she though like wouldn't she have to have proven that she had the actual flu to be able to get this like did she need a doctor's note uh no i don't think she did don't think she did in 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 that sense i don't don't think it was it was it was ever sort of it was accepted by both parties that she did have the flu they didn't need to have that um well if i was the company side then i would have been like um excuse moi but i'm gonna need a sick note to prove that you that's how you would get away with it because if if you didn't have any because how do you know it wasn't a cold or how do you know it wasn't allergies i don't know but it was accepted that she did so this is where lawyers are so stupid. Like, that is exactly my years of Ali McBeal training is the thinking outside the box. And I would go, I don't know you had the flu. Well, that's maybe one that could have been looked at. But I think it was accepted that she did have the flu. Why do you get stroppy when you know I've made a really valid <laughs> point? You should see his face. He's, getting, he's, he's looking at me like, Stephen, you're the first person since 1802 or whatever it was that has actually thought about that. And that's a very valid argument. Because that is, isn't it? I mean, it is a valid argument. and But I think it was accepted that she did have the flu. But that is accepted. But no one tried to make that defence, which would have been a good defence. And you're mad that I've thought about it. You've not. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> I'm not even legally trained. I've just watched Legally Blonde. And while we're talking about that, what does... Um, one of my favourites was in Elle Woods' class. They ask a question. And this when she's turned around and read the book. So she knows the answer. And she goes... To negate mens rea, what does that mean? Um, so mens rea is that you have, um, you thought, you know, in a criminal act, we're talking, if, if, if someone's undertaken a criminal act, you've you've got the, um, you thought about it, basically. Um, so men, mens rea is just a Latin term for um, having thought about your intention to undertake the act. So negating that is to negate, sort of thinking about that. Did you just define negate with negate yes it is <laughs> negate is to like argue against that or to find against 
that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So back to this. Then. So back to this story. Back to back to the back to the back to the case. And the the point about them saying, "Oh, it was an offer to the world." Like um, anyone could have accepted it. Um, and they were like, "Yeah, that's that's possible. You can make an offer like that um, that um, people can to come to accept." Um, and the point about, well, she didn't notify us that she was taking up the offer. One of the judges was like, well, if I advertised that I've lost my dog, um, the person who brings my dog doesn't need to write in to tell me that they're going to be finding it. They just turn up with the dog. If you give them a reward at the end, as long as it's clear that I've lost my dog, bring it to this place and I'll give you the reward money. You don't have to write to them in advance and say, I'm going to be I'm going to help find your dog. You just turn up with a dog and get the reward, don't you? So that got complete short shrift in that regard. I feel like the judge is already against the company. Oh well, he did, he, he found I think he found them it was a bit infuriating uh, that they'd even came up to try and defend this case. Um it was very clear that there was a contract between them which had all the elements of a contract to be because he had an offer the acceptance of that offer is the next bit um, by purchasing the, the smoke ball. There's an intention to create um, uh, legal relations between between the two people by the by the offer of itself. And that's why um, a contract was deemed to be uh, created in the circumstances. So, yes, she got her she got her reward money. But the irony of ironies with this particular case, she lived to the ripe old age of 96 and died in 1942. What did she die of? Uh, being tight and trying to get under quid off someone. <laughs> she died of the flu. Wow, ironic's that. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> The irony. So, did she get another hundred quid? <laughs> I don't know. I know if she did. <laughs> she might have done. But it's it's really interesting because it's the first of the cases. It's the first of the cases of its kind, whereby um, it's giving consumers the right to giving them protection. Really, in in the law, it's not that advertisers can just get away with saying or doing anything if you're putting stuff out there if you're getting people to rely on it if you're getting them to spend money um on the basis um of it then you need to put your money where your mouth is basically with that and there's been loads of similar cases um over the years where um companies have come unstuck following this line of case law that this created is it because you're essentially duping someone into buying something with your promise? Yeah, basically that is that you're you're saying, well, in this particular case, we're so confident that you won't get the flu. Our product's so all singing, all dancing, all amazing. Um, you should definitely buy it because if you if you use it, you won't get the flu. If someone then gets the flu having spent the money on the item, well, it's not done what you promised. And then if you're saying, well, we're so confident and it will give you 100 quid... Cough up your hundred quid. That's what you're owed. So is this the same thing? It's like saying you brought a washing machine. Obviously, you're buying a washing machine hoping that it would work. Therefore, if the washing machine doesn't work, is that why the, a good customer service person should be like, like, we're so sorry, Dillarder, we'll get a new one straight out to you. Exactly. Well, this is exactly it because the law and um, protections around consumers um have been built upon and built upon and built upon since this case and now you've got consumer 
um, Protection Act, and you've got in in um, you know we've got fine, taking out finance. You have like a fourteen day cooling off period and stuff like that. You have these protections in for consumers that have built on the foundation of that, which comes from this case essentially. Because it always does blow my mind. You know, when I've said it before, mainly we're doing too many consumer ones. Note to self. Um, but I've, do you know when it's like, when when it's almost like a customer service person thinks they're doing you a favour by doing their job. Do you know, rather than being like, like I remember when I worked at a supermarket, which was only a decade ago, and you would have to be like, would you like any help with your packing? Do you have a next card? It was our job to remind people, do you have your next card? It was our job to offer help with their packing. And if we didn't, we got marked down. And nowadays I go into a shop and they bloody fling my products at me. They don't offer me a bag. They don't offer me a nectar card. Although M&S always do, do, do. They always go, do you have a sports card? No. I'm not in M&S enough to have a sports card, babes. But yeah. And I think because I've worked in customer service it then really annoys when I go somewhere and people don't I don't mind if it's like a young person you know where it's like clearly just a summer job but someone whose job it is like that's what you do I feel like come on come on the set you set real basics in it basic standards I've just set a precedent for myself now the reason we did this one today is because you've had a bee in your bonnet I've had to hear about it for days which I know it's not quite weeks but I mean, I have, and it is apt that um, I chose this the the, the, the carbolic smokeball case at a time of a uh, pandemic situation, and also with this particular item uh, being at Christmas time. Can I just say, yours wasn't quite the same because it wasn't the fact of pre- preventing you from the flu or pandemic, was it? Your jumper just didn't turn up in time. <laughs> no, well, that's basically it. So, okay, dear uh, dear listeners, though you know you get. In Christmas, Christmas time, it's important that you get your items that you want for Christmas ahead of Christmas. Well, otherwise, it's not a Christmas present, is it? Well, exactly my point. So this particular um, company had said, order, if you order before this date... Before the 19th of December. Uh, yeah, and I ordered on the 16th. Um, we guarantee, we guarantee that your gift will arrive before Christmas. So, here's me, order on the 16th, goes through, comes back with, um, we're estimating that it's going to be dispatched to you by the 23rd, happy days, it's a Christmas jumper, a novelty Christmas jumper, you want your Christmas jumper on or before Christmas, don't you? That's essentially, that's it, because it's a Christmas jumper, it's not a, not a New Year's jumper, it's a Christmas one. So I'd ordered it, thought it was going to come, got to the 23rd, didn't come. So I thought, okay, two days, to have got a good day to go. Maybe it'll come tomorrow. Um, got to the 24th, still hasn't come. Got to the 25th, and obviously you're not going to get any deliveries on the 25th, and it's now missed the time for Christmas. So I've emailed them to say, where's it at? So I've got a response that said, oh, there's been a delay with our manufacturer. Really sorry. Um, it's not even been printed yet. Um, we'll get to you as soon as we can. You should expect to have it during next week. What I love is that, so we got proper Christmas jumpers, right, with Christmas slogans on, and they they want us to wear it the first week of January when we're going to be in another lockdown, sweethearts. 
I mean, it's just not acceptable at all. So I've I've gone back with them, gone back to them to say, well, as you've not printed it, um, don't bother. Basically, I'll um, I'll have a full refund uh, of my money. Um, let me know when you've you've sent it back and you've done that because, yeah, it's it goes back to a company's advertisement where it said we guarantee that you will have this before Christmas and that's the only reason why I bought the bought the item. If they didn't have the word guarantee, would it work the same? Like if they said um, order now in time for Christmas, would that have the same effect? Um, I still think it, I still think you'd have an argument. I think I'm in a stronger position because they've on all of their advertisement they plastered the word guarantee on multiple occasions. Um, that that is the case. So that is a that is a strong sort of slam dunk. I feel like today we've been like Martin Lewis. It's just occurred to me like we're big gay Martin Lewis. <laughs> we'll be on this morning with Philip and Holly in no time. We better fucking I'd be. Better I'd be. I want to host with Holly. I don't want to host with you. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I mean, there's no competition really there, is there, between me and Holly? Will it be? No, there really isn't. Right. So, that's it. I hope we've helped you with your... If if anything, we've, we've, we're like the customer service people and the fact that this is probably too little too late for you because by the time you hear this, Boxing Day sales, Christmas, January sales are all out of the way. So you've probably got now to take it back and we're in another lockdown. But, you know, I hope we entertained you. And until next time, this has been Order in the Bedroom. Please like, subscribe, give us a review and tell all your mates. Lots of love. Bye. Oh, it won't press stop.